Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Okay, if you are anywhere close to being over the age, we'll go with over the age of 30, 35, then you probably know the song, I Saw the Sign. And um, in our own lives, we haven't heard that song forever. Now it's going to be in your head, right? You're going to be, I saw the sign. Right. Yes. Sue Rogers is here and she did not write or sing. I saw the sign and and I'm glad that she's going to talk about something better. Um, And, but we are going to talk about signs, right? Cause I hear people all the time. Oh, I just wish I had a sign or then I had a sign and it creates these monumental touch points and milestones in our life that, that make it magic. Right. And so Sue Rogers is the author of flowers, faith, Finding Your Way, and Other F-Words, which I think is hilarious. Uh, And she's going to talk about some stories that uh, where where she saw some signs. Hello, Sue. How are you? I'm good, Sarah. How are you? I love it. I love your personality. Flowers, Faith, Finding Your Way, and Other F-Words. I I know I have to say it again because it's just... (laughs) Um, So uh, when we got... To talking about you coming on the podcast, I kind of asked you some of your favorite things to talk about. And you said, ah, oh, being open to seeing obvious signs. And I was like, yes, that one. Okay. So, so what does that mean to you? And why, why do you love that subject? Oh man. Cause once you, once you realize that there are signs everywhere and you become aware of them, it changes your world. And you even sometimes go back and can reflect back on things that happened previously and realize, oh, there was a sign there too. I just wasn't in tune to seeing them yet. And I love my listeners. I heart them so hard. Hello, listeners. Uh, And there's a reason that there's a big red flag on my book, right? And that there's a reason there's a whole chapter on, hey, let's not miss the obvious. Uh, There's literally in my next book, there's a chapter called not missing the obvious, right? And, you know, having this red flag because not just my listeners, humans in general, it's like, oh, that feels inconvenient to see. So I'm just going to kind of not see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right. Because it's easier to stay oblivious to things sometimes than to actually process the uncomfortable feelings that come along with being aware and actually taking the time to realize what's happening around you and what you're allowing to happen in your life. Yeah. Because we, it takes bravery to see those signs. Yeah. Yeah. It's way easier to just ignore and keep moving on. And I did that for a long time. Uh, I'm not sitting here saying that I saw signs forever. I'm actually seeing new ones right now. Um, But yeah, when you're finally okay with being in that uncomfortable space so that the growth happens from it, it's, it's not comfortable, but what happens afterwards is beautiful. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, going to college, for example, college is not for everyone. College is great for someone, right? But that's four years of money. That's four years of commitment. That's four years of having to go to class and get up early. And there's a discomfort to going to college. There's also a discomfort of not having a degree. 
or training or something, right? You know, there's a discomfort either way. We kind of, in that old phrase, like pick your poison, you know, it, it, <laughs> it might be like, oh, I don't want to see that. But there's also a real consequence to shutting those signs off to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So you had uh, some stories in your book, right? About seeing signs or a sign about writing. Yeah, actually all of chapter three is actually called signs. uh, And that's where I really get into it. Uh, Because one of the very first signs that I actually made the connection to, um, I'll share that one with you guys. The book is titled Flowers, Faith, Finding Your Way. So the very first sign I ever had was actually through flowers. Um, My mom had transplanted these purple iris flowers from every house that she ever lived in. They were transplants from my dad's mom, so my grandma. My mom had gotten a transplant from her and my grandma had transplanted them from every house she had ever lived in. So when I moved out, I took a chunk of them and transplanted them to the first house that my husband and I lived in. And the very first time they bloomed, stuff was happening. And one of the hardest things I was actually just sharing a little bit about you uh, with you. I had a miscarriage at about 12 weeks. And it was really, really hard for me. It was like the hardest things personally, I think I had ever lived through at that point. But what happened after that is, uh, so we had my son, had the miscarriage, and then I was pregnant again. And I was super, super scared. Like didn't tell anybody other than my own husband. And uh, we were about eight, I was about eight weeks along and it's December So flowers don't usually bloom in December. Purple irises bloom once a year, usually springtime because they're a bulb. So once a year and they come up and bloom and then that's it. So it's the beginning-ish of December. I'm about eight weeks pregnant, super scared. I was taking the trash out. And as I'm walking outside, super scared, thinking about my grandma, walk past these plants and they were blooming. And I just immediately looked up and said, okay, grandma, I get it. This baby's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And that's my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the very first, like, it really was this huge sense of peace in feeling like my grandma was like, hey, it's going to be okay. And those same flowers have bloomed again on other really incredible, powerful moments that are in the book as well. But that was the very first thing that happened that really connected me to, Hey, wait a minute, there's other signs out there and allowing my heart to be open to see them. What have you done to prepare your heart to be open? Because even that language can be terrifying if you've experienced pain such as miscarriage or toxic relationships or rejection or failure, right? Um, what, what have you done to open your heart back up? Faith. I have a very strong faith and you can have faith in anything, whatever, like if it's religion, just faith in the universe, having your back, whatever it is that brings your heart peace, have faith in something because it really 
has allowed me to process things, be open to signs. Because even in the moment, like I, I believe in God in the moment of not knowing if I was even going to be able to have a second kid, I was angry at God, but also knowing that I fully trusted what I was going through without knowing why I was going through it. Like I was angry, but I was also like, I still had faith even when I was angry because it was my plan and it wasn't going to my plan, but I trust in the bigger plan. And so I had my moments of doubt. I had my moments of anger, but then I also just let it go and really dug in more to my personal faith and being around those who are also of faith because they had really great conversations with me as well. And, and then just trusting in letting time heal things. So I think what you said was really important on the people you were, you surrounded yourself with. There's a statistic. There's something about like the, the five people you're around the most or who you end up being the most like. Um, and so when those people are supportive, when they have your back, when they are kind, when they move you forward and it allows your heart to be open. Yeah, 100%. And they were also the people that weren't just telling me I was going to be fine and to get over it. They were the people that were allowing me to be angry when I needed to be angry, but then also not letting me stay in that angry place and, you know, finding ways of just helping me process what I was feeling, but also not letting me stay in that super dark, unhappy place um, because I knew like I was surrounded by love and I could be angry, but knew that they were there to pick me up and help keep me going. I have a phrase called get past the past, real about the present and serious about the future. And, uh, you know, it sometimes being angry is being real in the present. Right. And there's something called, uh, positive bias or toxic positivity, you know, some of these are spiritual bypassing. And because that can be, oh, I mean, it's better than doing drugs. You know, there's, there's worse ways to go. <laughs> spiritually. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to make it too much, but, but yeah. I mean, have you ever heard of, you know, someone and something really terrible happens that are just like, well, it'll be fine. What's meant to be is meant to be or something. And you're like, you just lost a baby like what you know and it it doesn't come across as healthy yeah you know yeah um right I've actually was just reading stuff about toxic positivity not too long ago too and thinking oh man if I'm doing that ever I need to be cautious of that because I do you know want to look on the bright side of things but you know if you're in pain be in pain and process it. Cause if you don't, it's going to sit there. And when you hold on to anger, it hurts your heart. When you hold on to worry, it rots your stomach. Like whatever emotions you're not processing are damaging your body internally. Which leads us to your next book, right? Uh, are yeah. you doing uh, some work in gut health? Yeah. So uh, I've been a gut health coach. I've actually been in the wellness industry for 20 years. Uh, Back in the early 2000s, I went to college and had no idea what I wanted to do. You're 18. Like, who knows what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're 18? I ended up deciding to go with uh, wellness management as my degree. And back then, nobody was really talking about it, but I learned how to put together overall 
wellness programs for people or companies. And lo and behold, it was a good path to go because wellness is has taken off tremendously in the last 20 years. And with doing that, I've been, I've taught health, uh, fitness, personal training. I've taught preschool gymnastics. I've taught senior citizen fitness classes. I've done all of it. But as the years have gone on, nutrition has been much more of the focus. And especially with everything that everyone's talking about and learning about now with gut health and how important that really is, you can work out all day long, every day, and not see a fraction of the results as you would as if you reset your gut and really focused on healing healing your body from the inside out. Now, from what you know from both of like, hey, if I just stuff down my anger, it rots my stomach and then there's gut health, you know, that is like a real, where's our balance in that? You know, I mean, is it, is it emotional? Is it physical? Is it, you know, how, how, how do we be well? <laughs> it is so many, like you just said, it's, it's all of that. It's emotional. It's physical. It's mental. It's nutritional and, and it can sound overwhelming if you're thinking, okay, I do want to heal my gut. Where do I start? There's so many places to start, but like the number one thing you can do really for your gut, eat vegetables because vegetables are full of fiber and fiber is considered a prebiotic. And what that means is any good bacteria in your gut, when you eat vegetables, fiber is a prebiotic, which means it's food for the probiotics, the good bacteria in your gut. It's food for them to flourish and grow and overpower the bad bacteria, which a lot of us myself included. And that's how my gut health journey and how a lot of that also got started was healing my own gut because the bad bacteria overgrowth in my own system had kind of taken over. And I had to very slowly and gradually over the last, really over the last five years, I've gotten to a really, really good place now, but it was slow and gradual. My journey started actually with using probiotics because they were on the same shelf as the heartburn meds that I was buying. And the heartburn meds weren't doing anything. They were just masking the symptoms. And so I switched to probiotics to try to treat the cause and then added in more vegetables and other things and, and went from there. So that would be like the very first, and that's not hard. Eat some vegetables. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, I'll tell our listeners what I tell my um, husband. I don't mean potatoes. Sue doesn't mean potatoes. No, (laughs) she can't. (laughs) Uh, right. I'm talking like dark leafy green vegetables, broccoli, spinach, kale, asparagus, green beans, like dark leafy greens. Uh, and then like colors of the rainbow is usually what they say, right? Potatoes Mm -hmm. technically are considered a starch, not really a vegetable anyway. So technically they don't really count. That's what I tell my husband. He says, I know you want a vegetable for dinner. I'm like, what? You know, and I was like, don't make potatoes. That's not a vegetable. Yes. (laughs) I did potatoes last night. He was so happy because he was like, oh, you made potatoes for dinner. And now this is really bad. How do you feel about corn? 
Uh, there's lots of info on corn. There's a lot of genetically modified corn. Corn also is not a vegetable. It is a grain. That's, like, that's what I was waiting for you to say. I see. I can go back because he was like, we had too much <laughs> corn and potatoes. As we had no vegetables, nothing. We had yeah. basically bread for dinner. <laughs> you know, it is a good thing to add on to potatoes though, is um, chives. If you cut up a bunch of green chives and put them on potatoes, at least then you're adding some green from an herb and like you can add in a ton of herbs, which herbs are really good for you too. Fancy schmancy word for herb is adaptogens. So that's another word that's out there because adaptogens, which are herbs, you consume more of those and that helps to naturally lower your cortisol, which is our stress hormone, which causes weight gain in the belly because it's weight gain in the belly is to protect your vital organs when your body thinks you're under stress, but a lot of our stress nowadays comes from not having food. Like back in the day, stress was, you didn't have food, you didn't have shelter. So your body went into, you know, we got to protect our internal organs. But now most of our stress comes from the jerk that cut us off on the road or uh, work deadlines or fam, like whatever, whatever our stress out is now is so much different and so more constant. And so that cortisol level is up and your belly wants to hold on to that extra visceral fat to protect your organs. So if you have more herbs in your diet, that naturally helps to lower those cortisol levels and also going to make you feel good too. Absolutely. Well, and Sue, I know this has taken <laughs> a lot of things, but, but it's yeah. mind, body, spirit, right? Yes. That's what it is. We talked about, you know, the the mind of recognizing, okay, I'm hurting right now and I'm gonna do it, the spirit of faith and uh and then the body of wellness. So I mean, I think we like knocked it out of the park. I think so too. <laughs> you tell people where they can find out more about you and your last book and then your new book and all that good stuff. Yes. Okay. So I am on, my book is on Amazon, Flowers, Faith, Finding Your Way, and Other F-Words. My website is www.balancedaylife.com. And then I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Sue Rogers, Balanced Day Life. I've got pages for for both on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, And yeah, that's a pretty easy way to find me. Well, I know we all need a bit more balance. It's it's the it's the conversation, right? How do we find balance in our minds, balance in our time schedule, balance in our relationships, right? So uh, that should be easy for our listeners to remember. Sue, thank you so much for helping us today uh, on our journey to to having it all, right? <laughs> Mind, body, and spirit. Yes, it's all connected, and it should all be a part of healing. Thank you, Sarah. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks. Are you loving the Toxic Person Proof podcast? Please subscribe and leave a review. After a toxic relationship, it is hard to know who to trust. So if you have found great information on the Toxic Person Proof podcast, let others know that this is a trustworthy place to find the answers they've been looking for. Leave a five-star review and be sure and share. And don't forget, to hit subscribe. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all 
three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support. And most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.